Hello and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, and today our topic is integrative medicine, and our guest is Dr. Eleanor Hynote, a board-certified internist, the founder and director of Phoenix Wellcare in Napa, California, and president and CEO of the American College for Advancement in Medicine. My book is really all about complementary and alternative therapies, but I wanted to let my listeners know that it really isn't just a black-and-white world anymore. The old us-versus-them attitude is slowly changing, and the spread of something called integrative medicine is the key. So I appreciate you joining me this afternoon to talk about this innovation. This is true. It seems that integrative medicine right now is for a select few that are aware of it, either through friends or relatives, but it slowly but surely will hopefully become a little more mainstream with more information, hopefully with radio shows like yourself. I guess first it would probably help to set the stage a little by asking, why did mainstream medicine separate the body from the rest of the person in the first place? Well, you know, I think that began earlier in the last century with the split from homeopathy into what we know now as conventional medicine as more and more of the pharmaceutical industry became stronger. I think that as that changed, with, as drug therapies became more important, then homeopathy split from the conventional medicine, and it was left by the wayside, and so there was a big split. But earlier in medicine, homeopathy was used regularly in medicine, and so I think that split happened with the development of synthetic medication. I think that's where it began. What exactly does the term integrative medicine mean today? Well, for us that practice integrative medicine, it means integrating both conventional therapies using pharmaceutical medication and conventional techniques and also encompassing herbs and nutrients and homeopathy and naturopathy as best we can, combining all these therapies into an integrative approach so we have the best therapies we can for patients so that we can diagnose and treat patients the best we can because we find that with just using conventional therapies alone it's not always the answer we can't always get the answer in diagnosis and treating patients there's a lot of unknown you know for instance there might be a diagnosis of unknown significance and we don't know what to do with that patient. And so instead of just saying to somebody, we don't know what your diagnosis is and we don't know what the therapy should be, we can dig a little deeper with integrative testing and we can also treat them with homeopathy or naturopathy and get results. So this is really kind of the best of both worlds for patients, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually East meets West and combining therapies. So obviously this is really, I would have to assume, a cutting-edge concept in medicine today? Yes, it's cutting-edge, and it's hard for just every doctor in the country to do this because it requires extensive training after your conventional training because medical school doesn't teach anything about naturopathy or homeopathy or herbal medicine. If there's not a drug behind a therapy, it's usually not taught. And so you have to do a lot of training on your own after medical school and after residency. And doctors have bills to pay and loans to pay after their training, and they need to go into practice right away. So there isn't a lot of time and energy and money to do extra training to learn alternative or integrative medicine. So 
there are a lot of doctors out there who know how to even practice integrative medicine. How are doctors reacting to this idea? So, well, you know, it's interesting. Most of the doctors that I know who are interested and kind of learned a lot and spent a lot of their own time and energy to learn integrative medicine, have personal experience or family members with illnesses and haven't helped with conventional medicine. And so that's where their interest has been. And so, so for some of them, it's selfish reasons because I, you know, they're trying to find help. And so that's how they stumbled upon integrative medicine. And then for others, it's just truly a love and interest of nutrition that they've turn to wanting to find answers without just using medication. How are patients responding to this new type of healthcare? Well, I've found that most patients are very interested, and maybe because most of the patients that come to me are sincerely interested in nutrition because they know that I've done a fellowship in clinical nutrition and metabolism, and so they know that I know something about nutrition, and they are coming to me because they are truly interested in nutrition. They have questions and they want to know more about their health in regards to nutrition. So I have probably more of a select patient population who take their health seriously. But I've found that when I was starting to practice that patients would bring in bags of herbs and vitamins and want my opinion about these and I didn't know anything about herbs. I could tell them a fair amount about vitamins because I'd done a fellowship in nutrition, but I didn't know a thing about herbal medicine. And I couldn't help them in that department, and so I just decided I would go and learn as much as I could about herbal medicine. And I did it because there was a huge patient demand, and I was personally interested in it myself. But I would say that it's been driven. I think integrative medicine has also been driven by patient interest and patient demand. What are some of the other types of complementary and alternative medicine being used in integrative medicine today? You know, there's so many different subspecialties in integrative medicine. There's environmental medicine. There's homeopathic desensitization using drops sublingually instead of shots, less invasively desensitization without using shots with different techniques, homeopathic desensitization. There's also detoxification techniques to help people with chemical sensitivity. There's, like I said, homeopathy to help with the idea that like cures like, or very tiny, tiny doses of nutrients or therapies can help people. There's subspecialties of using oxygenation, hyperbaric chambers to help people. There's bioidentical hormones. There's some doctors who practice using bioidentical hormones to help women through perimenopause and menopause instead of writing a prescription for an antidepressant. They'll sit down with the women and give them an individual therapy with hormones to help them through menopause. There's so many different subspecialties of integrative medicine that the list just goes on and on, but everybody practices differently. Then there's also acupuncture. There's some doctors who are also trained in acupuncture and know a lot about Chinese herbs, and so they integrate, integrate that into their practice. So everybody has a different integrative practice depending on what their specialty is and how they're trained in integrative medicine. Do integrative medical doctors know just a particular type of CAM therapy, or do they know all therapies, or do they work with other CAM practitioners? It depends. Like most integrative doctors have different 
practitioners in their offices. For instance, I have an osteopath that works with me that I send my pain patients to. She is a true osteopath. She's not a typical osteopath that practices as an internist. She does osteopathic manipulation, and she also teaches in the osteopathic medical school. So she knows the old traditional ways of doing manipulation and osteopathy. So I can help my patients with pain by sending them to somebody who knows something about osteopathy. If patient needs acupuncture, I have associates who know about acupuncture. If they need homeopathy, usually there's somebody in a practice that is a specialist in homeopathy that you can refer to. I also have a nurse practitioner who specializes in frequency-specific microcurrent that can help with neuropathy and pain and other disorders. I have a naturopath in my practice, and he is excellent with working with patients that need detoxification, so I send my patients to him. He also knows a lot about homeopathy, so I utilize him in that regards also. So there's several people in my practice who have their specialty that I can refer to. But every integrative doctor has subspecialists usually in their practice because you can't do everything yourself, and they refer out. And I'm usually the one who figures out what the patient needs, and then I can refer from there their therapies. I have to figure out what the diagnosis is, and then I have to figure out who can help them the most. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Is integrative medicine for serious health problems like cancer or for everyday health situations? I would say it's for everything. I would consider myself an internist and also primary care physician, so I could use it on an everyday basis to help people with every, you know, colds or urinary tract infections to severe things such as cancer, helping people get through chemotherapy. I use nutrients a lot to get people through chemotherapy. Are there any type of health problems that are especially well-suited to integrative medicine? Probably the diseases and disorders that I think get overlooked in conventional medicine where there are not a lot of options, there are not a lot of treatments that can help. I would put those in the category like chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. Those two disorders, usually there's a lot that integrative medicine can help with. So I would say BFIDs, known as chronic fatigue, immunodeficiency syndrome, and fibromyalgia, a lot of integrative medicine docs can help patients with these two disorders. The Consortium of Academic Health Centers for Integrative Medicine consists of 44 different academic medical centers that are now teaching integrative medicine. I'm just curious how the concept of integrative medicine is being accepted by medical schools at this point. Oh, I think it's a slow process. You know, they've all, there's always... There's been a saying that things move at glacial speed in medicine, and I think that still stands, that you know, things are moving in slow motion, but they're happening slowly, but surely, and there are fellowships now for integrative medicine. Dr. Andrew Weil has a fellowship. There's also a fellowship at the University of Kansas. 
So there are slowly but surely things are happening with education for medical students and residents out, you know, after their training. So I think that over time, you're going to see more and more of education for doctors. So it's not something they're going to have to struggle with on their own like the rest of us have had to do. What should a patient new to integrative medicine expect during their first visit? Something different from their old family doctor? Probably they're going to expect the doctor to look at the whole patient, and most of the integrative docs are going to want to know every single nutrient they're taking, and they're going to want to know more about their past history, their exposures to any toxins or chemicals, and their history of vaccines or their exposure to mercury or how many amalgams they have in their mouth, and you know they're going to dig a little deeper into their past history. And usually there's a, a little bit longer history taking from my experience with the integrative medicine docs. Integrative care also offers some cost-saving benefits, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that there is more preventative medicine. So in the long term, that patients are usually healthier who are following uh, doctor's advice that go to integrative medicine docs. They have healthier lifestyles so that they stay healthier longer. They're exercising more. They have a better diet. They're taking nutrients. They're keeping their vitamin D levels at a, in a healthy range. They're following um, doctor's advice. They're keeping their B, vitamin B12 levels in a healthier range, and they're staying healthier longer. All of your discussion about nutrition and exercise and things like that, obviously the patients are becoming much more involved and responsible for their own health. How are they responding to this new responsibility? You know, I think that they own it more. I think that they own up to it's their body, it's their time, it's their energy, and they wouldn't be coming to me if they weren't interested in their own health. That's how I see it, that I'm not dictating to them about their health. They're a sort of a partner in their health, and, and I'm just giving them advice and ideas of what I think I can do to help them stay healthy, but they're the ones that are directing their health. I'm not patronizing them, just there to, to be their partner and guide them with some advice about their health. Is it a good sign for integrative medicine that last year Medicare approved the Ornish program as its first lifestyle therapy? Yes, I think that's a good sign for integrative medicine, absolutely. What is the American College for Advancement in Medicine? It's probably the largest organization of integrative medicine doctors in the country, certainly the oldest. It's been around a very long time, and it's a group of physicians who believe in using integrative techniques and using nutrients and keeping up on education. Education is the main and most important aspect of ACAM's philosophy. We're trying to educate physicians as best we can, bringing cutting-edge physicians to conferences twice a year. We're dedicated to conferences every spring and fall where we have three-day meetings and have lectures on cutting-edge therapies and integrative medicine. We also offer uh, nearly free admission to medical students who are interested in integrative medicine, so we're trying to you know, bring in and make it more affordable for the young students who are interested. So ACAM is probably the biggest organization out there in integrated medicine. What's the most difficult part of convincing medical doctors to change their approach to healthcare today? Probably the hardest is the unknown. 
It's just not knowing. Most doctors aren't going to do a therapy that they don't know anything about, and that is the hardest part. If you don't hear a lecture, if you don't go to the meetings, if you don't have the education and you don't have the clinical experience, you're going to be skeptical and you're not going to want to practice integrative medicine. It takes a lot. You have to really kind of weed through some of the therapies that are really not worthwhile with some of the therapies that are really helpful and valid and useful. So it's, I, I believe it's a fear of the unknown and the lack of, the, of education that prevents a lot of physicians from incorporating into their practice. Are other industrialized countries more open to the idea of integrative medicine? I believe so. I don't really have a lot of experience and knowledge from other countries, but from what I've heard, this is true. I think certainly with bioidentical hormones, that they have had you know, years more experience with bioidentical hormones than we do. In herbs, definitely herbal medicine is way more established there than, it, than it's been here. You mentioned that integrative medicines in Kansas and North Carolina, so it's not just in California anymore. It's showing up in places most of us might not expect such an innovative view of healthcare, isn't it? Right. Well, California, you know, a few years ago, naturopaths are licensed now to practice here in uh, California, and that really was just a monumental undertaking to have that happen, but it's one of the best things that's ever happened. So as soon as that happened, I was able to hire a naturopath in my practice, and that just opened up this whole other dimension for my practice. And, and I think naturopaths are just fabulous as a family practice physician. They're, they're wonderful for children. So I, I don't know what other states will follow, but that was, you know, that was a huge step for California. Do you know if there's been any effort to make integrative medicine part of healthcare reform yet? I, I don't know. I know that there's some certain laws that have been set to protect physicians who do use integrative therapies, and that's important too, so that there's a little more freedom for patients who are seeking integrative therapies and doctors who are using them. Has it helped to have people out in front like Dr. Andrew Weil and Dr. Dean Ornish to kind of champion the, at least the idea of integrative medicine for the public? Sure. Yeah, they've had, you know, so many books and research and published papers and being associated helped a lot with Dr. Wild being associated with the University of Arizona. In general, who do you think is more open to the idea of integrative medicine? Baby boomers who are beginning to feel a few aches and pains or younger people? Right now, I would say the baby boomers. I think they're really interested because they're feeling the effects of aging. So they're very interested in preventative medicine because they've seen what's happened to their parents' generation. And so they don't want the same health problems. You know, they're faced more directly with what's going to happen to them. So I would say right now that more of the people that I'm seeing are the baby boomers, you know, between 40 and 65 right now. They're the ones who are most interested in integrative medicine, and it's being driven by them. Dr. Heinold, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about integrative medicine today. Well, thank you. Anyone wanting to learn more about integrative medicine should check out the website for the American College for Advancement in Medicine at www.acamnet.org. And anyone wanting to learn more about Dr. Heinold should visit her website at www. PhoenixWellCare.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. 
I'll be back again soon with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.